0: CBS Sports Radio. Listening to the Vince Quinn Show, weekend overnights on CBS Sports Radio. Did you miss me? I'm back, baby! Let's go!
1: I got it, it's so weird to take a week off, by the way. Because it's two weeks. You know what I mean? Like, it's I mean, this fine morning show runs on a Saturday into a Sunday. It's once a week. So I'm waiting a week anyway. Then I took a week off, and I just regretted it the whole time. I mean, I had a good time being away, and you know, I had my moments, I had a couple of drinks and whatnot, but but when you step away, it just—it's been so long. I missed you. I missed you so much. It's good to be back. I hope you're having a, a good time. I hope you had a good couple of weeks. Grisepo, did you miss me? A little, a little. See, I missed you too, bud. I missed you too. So, a lot of things to get into here. A lot of good stuff because I mean, my goodness, Matthew Stafford once out of town, Deshaun Watson once out of town. We're gonna get to that in a minute. You've got the conference championship games. Uh, Steph Curry just moved to number two all time on the three-pointers made list, and I want to talk about Steph. So there's a lot. McGregor fought tonight. There's just a lot of different stuff going on. The mailbox. Oh, my goodness. The mailbox. The, the things you people sent, you're the best, and, and we'll get to a lot of different things in the mailbox throughout the course of the night, but let's start everything off here again with Matthew Stafford and Deshaun Watson because think about what's happening right now. You've got... Two quarterbacks who, I mean, talking about the scale and scope of the NFL, these are two quarterbacks that actually matter, right? Like Matthew Stafford, say what you will about the Lions and their history, and and even you can have like some stuff of Stafford of like, oh, well, he's a compiler. The guy can play quarterback, right? Like there's no doubt that Matthew Stafford is at the very least pretty good at playing quarterback in the NFL, which is a massive accomplishment. And so to have a guy like that asking to get out of town and the Lions agreeing to do it, that's crazy. Like, thats we don't see this happen. This is not a common thing. Like, guys get out of town because guys of Matthew Stafford's caliber Usually, don't leave a team until they're completely shot, until it's over, until they're so old and the team that they've been with has a chance to get a young guy to replace them. Look at Phillip Rivers, right? Like, Phillip Rivers just announced his retirement. He did it as a member of the Colts. Well, why was he a Colt? Because as much as he'd been around for 50 years, And it was a wonderful era, and they had some success with him. He got old. They drafted Justin Herbert. Like, they were good. They they had a high pick. They're like, yeah, hey, Phil, it's been great. But see you, pal. Like, time to go somewhere else. They moved on. Peyton Manning, when he got to a certain age, this all revolves around the Colts somehow. But uh, Peyton Manning got hurt, and the team stunk. They won what? Like a game? And then did they even win that year? I, I forget. But two games. There we go. So they won two games. And then they had Andrew Luck sitting in their lap. So, yeah, Peyton, we love you, bud, but sorry, it's Andrew Luck, you know? So that's what they did. Peyton Manning becomes a Denver Bronco. This is an incredibly rare thing to see. And now you've got two guys in Matthew Stafford and Deshaun Watson who, with Stafford, We know he's going somewhere else this year because that's the report that came out today. If you missed this, you're like, why is he rambling about Matthew Stafford? What happened? Well, yeah, Adam Schefter came out with a report saying that the Lions and Matthew Stafford have come to an agreement that he's going to go elsewhere. So Stafford's leaving. Now it's just a question of where he goes. You look at Sean Watson. We've had these reports for a couple of weeks now, and we get another one talking about His preferences, we're finding out that Deshaun Watson, he either wants to go to the Jets because he just loves Robert Sala, apparently. And the other option for him right now is the Dolphins. Those are the places that he wants to be. So these are two worthwhile guys. Like Again, for Stafford, he's a pretty good quarterback. For Deshaun Watson, in my opinion, Hall of Fame talent. Like, that's what we're looking at. This is the beginning of a Hall of Fame career. He's a very young guy and successful college player. He's just got everything he could possibly ask for. So, when you're looking at two guys like this that could be on the move and likely at least one of them is on the move, that's exciting, right? Like, you don't get this kind of news often, almost ever Guys like this don't become available unless they're they're either old or the other option is they're hurt, right? Like, remember Dante Culpepper? Let's go back in the vault a little bit. Let's go back, you know, 17 years or something. Dante Culpepper, good quarterback with the Vikings for a while, had an injury. His knee got totally busted up, hits the free agent market, it ends up not being the same guy. Drew Brees had injury problems before he went free agency, became a Saint, so... That's usually how this goes. And when you're looking at it now and you're going, wow, I got these two guys available. I mean, is this a trend? Is the first thing that you have to ask yourself. Is this a trend? Is this something that we're going to see more of? Because here's the thing too. It's not just Matthew Stafford. It's not just Deshaun Watson. We did have just a couple of weeks ago, Carson Wentz asking to get out of town in Philly as well. That's three quarterbacks that, you know, on varying degrees are franchise guys that they've made it known they've wanted to get out of town. So is this a growing trend? Is this a one-year thing? Are we going to see more of this? Because honestly, I've expected this for years. It's been a long time coming. I mean, think about this. We're talking about quarterbacks. Go to a party, right? I mean, it's well, don't do it right now. But imagine you're at a party, okay? In a given year, you could you could just go to somebody at a party and they might not really watch sports. And you go, oh, well, do you know Baker Mayfield? And they go, yeah, I, I know Baker Mayfield. I'm, a, I'm aware of who he is, quarterback for the Browns, right? Like, he's fine. He's not amazing. He's not a superstar. I don't think he's made a Pro Bowl, right? Like, how good is Baker Mayfield? He's good. I'm a fan of his, but he's not amazing. He's not transcendent. Shouldn't be a, necessarily a household name, but he's a quarterback in the NFL, A lot of people know who Kirk Cousins is. Kirk Cousins, totally forgettable guy. But he's a quarterback in the NFL. That's how every matchup gets billed. That's what the league is about. That's what they sell is the quarterback. I mean, there was a game earlier this year, Jimmy Garoppolo goes down, and they're not selling any other player on the 49ers other than the one and the only Nick Mullins. That's that's the matchup. It's Nick Mullins versus... Ben Roethlisberger, whatever it was. <laughs> it's like, really? We're going to showcase. I mean, we're talking about the. They were in the Super Bowl last year. The only guy you can promote is Nick Mullins. Well, he's a quarterback, right? Like, that's how this league works. And so, thinking about these guys and the power of being a quarterback, again, even Kirk Cousins, like an average quarterback, he's fine. Went on the market, he's making $30 million a year. That was a big deal when he signed that contract that he did. All guaranteed. That was a game changer. But he could do that because he was a quarterback that was relevant, that hit the market. So are we getting to a point now? Is this going to become a trend where we start to see quarterbacks use their leverage, throw their weight around? Because if you're Deshaun Watson and you say, I want to get out of here, and he just signed a new deal, you're going to have to pay a lot to get Deshaun Watson. People will do it. I mean, Grisafeo, like you're, you're as usual, Grisafeo. And this is this is important to note. Every time I come in to do the show, every single week, Grisafeo is not just wearing like a piece of Jets gear. He's like head to toe Jets gear. So for you to sit there right now, Grisafeo, in all of your Jets gear, with Deshaun Watson interested in going to the Jets, how much would you give up for Deshaun Watson?
2: Oh, you know, firstborn child. Not that I'm gonna have one. Uh, the deed to my home, even though I don't have a deed technically. <laughs> you, you sleep in an alley? No, you know, it's it's just one of those things where you don't technically have a deed, but it's you know, it's one of, you know, whatever. Yeah. I'm not gonna explain. You it. have ownership. Sure. Uh, I mean, three ones. You want to start there, a- including the number two pick in the draft. Yeah, that's a done deal. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's 25. Is you know, I think we can safely say top. 10 quarterback in the league, you know, only going to get better, entering the prime of his career. I mean, how many times does a guy like this become available, you know, under these kind of circumstances?
1: Well, that's the thing, right? That's it. it. It's a quarterback these guys are hard to get. I mean, imagine you're a team that hasn't drafted a good quarterback and it's been a couple of years. How many years has it been? I mean, I was talking about Mayfield earlier, and again, I'm not trying to bash Baker Mayfield. He's the best quarterback they've had since they came back. I mean, they just, how many guys did they draft? that didn't work out, right? Like Brady Quinn, just sorry, Brandon Whedon. Sorry, it didn't work out. Like I I don't need to traumatize Cleveland fans here, but when you can't draft a quarterback, they don't become available and it's impossible to win. Like, it's just, it's so much more difficult, but if you're a team that needs a quarterback and now Deshaun Watson is available, you give up everything. You have to, like Grosefo's saying. It's like, here, yeah, take everything I own. Here's my wallet. Here's my car. Just get me Deshaun Watson. Every GM in the league, you know, every GM in the league that has even a moderate quarterback situation, like they're kind of like, think of the 49ers, right? If you're the 49ers, you've got Jimmy Garoppolo, they're, they're lukewarm on Jimmy Garoppolo. They've made that pretty clear. You're talking about Deshaun Watson right now. You have to be. Because he's that good. You're talking about giving up as many first-round picks as you have to because it's the kind of discussion you have. And we've seen this, right? We haven't seen this in the NFL. But we've seen this in the NBA all the time. James Harden just got dealt. What did it take? Well, it was, what, four first-round picks. There was three, four years of pick swaps. You had a couple of players in the deal, good good young players in the deal. Uh, Jared Allen, Torian Prince. And I believe... There was a, a lifetime supply of free McDoubles. Like they just they threw in everything, whatever you could do, because it's James freaking Harden. So you're going to give up everything you have to to get a guy like that because you got to do it. They're just, they're that valuable. They're that talented. And when you have a shot, you got to take it. So if Deshaun Watson gets dealt, if Matthew Stafford gets dealt, regardless of where they go, I mean, do you see this being a trend? Is this a a one-off scenario? Is this a weird year? Because I look at this, I see Watson, I see Wentz, I see Stafford. I go, these are three guys that begged out of town. Some of them might get their wish. One of them kind of recanted their wish. I think this is going to be a growing trend. I think we're going to see more of this. Because if you're a quarterback, I mean, do you want to be stuck in, for Matthew Stafford, he's tired of being in Detroit. How many failed teams have they had, right? How many other quarterbacks are going to look at these guys and go, hey, well, Matthew Stafford's saying he wants out and he's getting out. I'm going to try to get out of this. I know somebody's going to want me. If you're good enough, if your deal isn't so overwhelmingly bad, someone will be interested in you because quarterbacks are just that valuable. So I think this is going to be a growing trend. And again, it's not surprising because the NBA lives this way. This is the life of the NBA. Do we see quarterbacks become NBA superstars where they can just beg and choose and, and have their pick of the litter? Could be. Could be. But The other thing is, not, not only do you think it would be a trend, but would it be a good thing for the NFL? That's the other question that I, I think is really interesting. Would it be good for the NFL if quarterbacks were moving around more? If you saw them on different teams, if it's not Joe Montana spends, you know, 15 years with the 49ers and then he goes and spends two in Kansas City, you know what I mean? Like, what is it like if he spends, I don't know, he's got five years in San Francisco, but then he goes and takes some time and he's playing for the Rams and... Now suddenly he's a Cardinal for a couple of years, and then he drifts over to somewhere else. What does it look like? What does it look like if Peyton Manning bounces around the league? Uh, What does the history feel like? Tom Brady, rather than having all of those years in New England and now going to Tampa Bay. What would it look like? Like, would the league be better if quarterbacks moved around more? Would that be more fun? Because I think so. I'd love to see it. Honestly, totally selfishly. I would love to see quarterbacks move around more. I think the game would be more Interesting. I get why teams don't want to give these guys up. You got franchise tags. Hey, let me, you know, if I'm a bad team and I got a good quarterback, yeah, I'm going to try to lock this guy in for forever. I'm going to hold my leverage as much as I can. The league allows me to do that. But as a fan, I've wanted to see Stafford on another team for years. They haven't been able to build around him. What have they done? I want to see how good he is. I have no idea. I think he's pretty good. I think he's pretty good. But... Seeing him in other places, I think I'd have a better understanding of how good he actually is. Different coaches, different teams, different systems. What does it look like? How does he play? We'd have a pretty good idea. We'd know better. I think we'd have a better idea of who these guys are. That's one of the reasons why I would love to see quarterbacks move around more. I mean, do you like it that Drew Brees is going to retire as saying He spends his whole career there. It's nice. It's nice. But should every quarterback, should that be the expectation? Josh Allen is getting ready to play a conference championship game tomorrow against Patrick Mahomes. Are they on those teams in this new rivalry for the next 15 years? Is that best for the league? Would you want a shot at Josh Allen in four years? I sure as hell would. I'd love a shot at Mahomes in a couple years. He's got a 10-year deal. He's not going anywhere. So would the league be better off if quarterbacks moved around more? Would you like to see that? Is that bad for the league? Could it be too much power for quarterbacks? as Stafford, as Watson, as Wentz previously did in asking to get out of town? Is that a good thing for the NFL? Would you like to see it? Eight five five two one two four two two seven. 4227 That's how you join the show, Eight five five two one two four two two seven, 4227 Or you can hit me up on Twitter at It's Vince Quinn. Now, Graceff, I'll ask you, I mean, do you want to see quarterbacks move around more? Would that be better? Uh, kind of torn on
2: this question, Vince. You know? Okay. Uh I mean, you look at how the NBA has basically built their league. What have they built it on? Player movement. And the NBA is, you know, the second, I think we would all agree, is the second most popular sport in this country. Yeah. Um, And they've basically built it on marketing individual players, and every offseason they market it as, you know, these big stars are going to move, or they might not move. You know, stay tuned. They do it every year. Uh, Would I like to see it in the NFL? I really don't know if I would like to see it in the NFL. There's something, there's some charm to like having a quarterback, especially stay somewhere for the entirety of their career. Uh, especially when you're talking about like big, big guys like a Peyton Manning or a, a Tom Brady. Obviously, those two things didn't pan out. Um, but I, th- I really think that you know the NFL should try to keep these guys in the places that they're drafted. If you know, if we're really talking about the greatest of the great. Quarterbacks of the league here. Mm-hmm. You don't really want them moving around from team to team to team. Like, do you really want you know somebody like a Drew Brees associated with anyone but the Saints and the Chargers? I mean, do you really want somebody like a Philip Rivers associated with somebody other than the Chargers and the Colts? You know, for the and nobody's going to remember that Philip Rivers played the one year for the Colts. No, except for
1: Colts fans right. mostly and diehard NFL guys. Do you,
2: like, it always ends up being sad at the end when you see you know Joe Namath and a you know, Rams uniform, with Johnny Unitas <laughs> in a Charger uniform, you know, it becomes sad at that point. So I really don't think the, this is what the NFL wants, but at the on the other side of the coin, the popularity of the NBA is all about individual players and player
1: movement. And that's the thing. LeBron James, he's been on a couple of different teams now. He's been in Cleveland twice. He's been in Miami. Now he's a Laker. You look at Kevin Durant. Well, he's Oklahoma City Thunder, but he's also a Warrior. Now he's a Brooklyn Net. How many years is he with the Nets? Does he go somewhere else? How soon? You know, so that's how the NBA is. Does that hurt the league? But for the NFL, they're already ridiculously popular. Is it more popular if quarterbacks are moving around all the time? 855-212-4227. I would love to know what you think about it. And by the way, we're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Rocket Mortgage is giving away millions during Super Bowl 55 with the Rocket Mortgage Super Bowl Squares sweepstakes. See rules and enter for free today at RocketMortgageSquares.com. I am... Not a square. Okay, yeah, with that joke, I certainly am. But I am Vince Quinn here on CBS Sports Radio. I'm back, and we'll be right back.
0: You're listening to The Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. By the way. You're listening to The Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. Smash Mouth, by the way, who sings this
1: song, Walking on the Sun, if you follow them on Twitter, it's it's an interesting ride. But you do get a lot of sports takes from Smash Mouth, like the official verified Smash Mouth, the band Twitter account has sports takes all over it. Now, is it the band or is it just the one guy? Well, that's a good question. I've not a, not done enough research of that. Yes, yeah, Clearly, you, you have, you have not, uh, you've slacked in this area. Yes, but I will say this, and, and this is the beauty of it, is one, this is a national show. We are live on the West Coast, and Smash Mouth does like sports, and Smash Mouth might be listening. I like how you're talking about Smash Mouth as if it's a person. Yeah, well, it's a collective of people. So, Smash Mouth. If you were listening, because it's not one person. If I was talking to Prince like it was multiple people, well, I guess pr- not Prince is a bad example, but you get what I'm saying. If I was talking to Taylor Swift like she was multiple people, that share, would be a problem. Share multiple people. Share, Madonna multiple yeah, people. Y- you don't share share. You know what I'm saying? So, anyway, Smash Mouth, if you're listening and you want to talk sports, join the show. We'd love to talk. Smash Mouth, whoever you are. Yes. <laughs> Smash Mouth, sound the alarm. We need Smash Mouth. I I would. Seriously, if you're listening, 855-212-4227, let's see if we get Smash Mouth on the show for some sports takes. Because right now, you've got Matthew Stafford and Deshaun Watson, and, and, and it's a big deal. I mean, I really can't stress how exceptional this is. Because think of just a couple of years ago when Kirk Cousins did become a free agent. What did it take for Kirk Cousins to be a free agent? Well... It took a team that really didn't like him all that much, and we knew it because they franchise-tagged him. Then they franchise-tagged him again, and then he became a free agent, right? That's what it took, was two years of stalling with the guy that they didn't exactly want, but also they didn't have an answer to replace him, and quarterbacks don't just become available, so they tried to draw out the clock for two years, and hope they could find something else out in the meantime. As of now, they really haven't. So, not great. But how many quarterbacks become available? So, now Stafford, a guy who's 32, has a ton of great numbers, he's been on very questionable teams in a bad franchise, he wants out, the Lions are giving it to him. And you go, wow, like I've never, you just don't see this. Um, Deshaun Watson for a guy that's that young and that good. And I will say it a billion times. Deshaun Watson is on a hall of fame track. Like he is incredibly ridiculously talented. What you want to go back to like 2017. He was a rookie that year. He was the front runner for the MVP until he got hurt. That's the kind of guy that he is. He could be available right now at age 25. That It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. But is this a growing trend? Should it be a growing trend? Would you like to see the NFL more like the NBA where quarterbacks move around like Anthony Davis or Paul George or Kawhi Leonard or James Harden? Because we've got Stafford, Watson, and Wentz was asking to get out of town. Now they've got a new coach. It looks like that's going to you know, calm down. And he's going to stay. That's three quarterbacks in one offseason season asking to get out of town. One of them's had their wish granted. One took the wish away. I'd like to see him move around more. Now, the one downside I'll say is, is if you're going to do this, if you're going to get these guys and you're going to let quarterbacks have more power like this, they're asking out, they're signing shorter deals, whatever it is, it, it, is they move towards that NBA kind of style. Can you imagine what happens? Say a quarterback hit the market, you trade, you know, or you trade everything for this guy. And then you make these massive because the contract is already enough. But to trade a bunch of picks and like talking with Graceffo earlier, number two pick in the draft, couple other ones to go with it. I mean, we're talking about a lot of stuff here. You're giving up all of that plus paying the guy top of the market money and then he gets hurt. I mean, you're really screwed if a quarterback gets hurt. That's the thing. Like the devastating it's already bad enough when a guy gets hurt. It is absolutely so crushingly devastating at that point if you were to trade for like you're, you're smiling over there.
2: Well, like, yeah, it, it, it's bad enough when a guy gets hurt to begin with. But here's another question I'll pose to you. Okay. We see it in NBA small markets all the time, where, you know, you're you know, you're Phoenixes of the world and, you know, they're they're on the come up now, but you know. They've been a small market of the NBA for a while now let's face it yeah the Charlottes of the world, the Atlantas of the world and you know uh, the New Orleans of the world when they lose stars like this, you're basically eliminating a city in the like Memphis you know small markets you're eliminating cities around the league now if the NFL you know and quarterbacks want to take this to new heights in terms of player movement, the NFL really has to think about, you know, what cities are going to be impacted if this happens. And, you know, how many people in certain cities are going to be turned off by the player movement.
1: Well, yeah, and that's that's going to be one of these big things, right? Because, like, Deshaun Watson, as of now, he's got a list. So if he's demanding out and he's choosing where he wants to go, well, that's, that's a very limiting thing, right? You're naturally excluding a bunch of teams. So it's just... It's dicey. It's hard enough to get quarterbacks as it is. And you're
2: you're you're basically telling the Texans they're irrelevant for, you know, three years probably. Yeah. If if that. Like, at least. You know. In this league, you don't rebuild it back quickly. Like, you have to be very lucky to do that. You know, people can say with one draft and one free agent class they can turn things around. But, you know, you got to be very lucky to, you know, flip a switch and be, you know, competitive a year after a star leaves.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's it's almost impossible unless you're doing it. And Joe Montana keeps coming up on the show. For some reason, this show is now dedicated to Joe Montana and Smash Mouth. Um, Joe Montana leaves. You get Steve Young. You know, like outside of exceptional things like that, it's it just takes forever to rebuild again. So, yeah, I mean, this is a big deal. It's, it's very rare and it's all happening right now. Do we see it more? 855 212 Let's go to uh, Gilbert in San Diego. Gilbert, what's going on, man?
3: Hi, Vicente. How you doing? Welcome back to your show.
1: Thank you, man. It's good to be
3: back. Hey, listen. I called you about a month ago, and uh, I'm one game away for Tom Brady to face the Bills. How about that, huh?
1: Yeah. it's. I, I can't <laughs> imagine how Bills fans <laughs> are feeling at that possibility of facing Tom Brady in the Super Bowl.
3: Isn't that great? And, and the player, were you talking about the player movement? Uh, Matthew Stafford is at the end of his career making a lot of money, and I don't think he likes the coach. Uh, he's middle of, middle of the pack. On the other hand, for Wentz and Watson, they haven't even started the new contracts, and they're holding their team hostages. I mean, I'm not for the owners or anything, but if a player like them after getting a long-term deal, $120, 130000000 million plus, I mean, if they really want to move, they have to waive their no-trade clause. They cannot have their cake and eat it also because that's going to damage the team, the league, and I feel for all those fans that buy all those t-shirts and all that stuff, and, you know, it's not like the NBA. Three players can make a team in a football team, you need at, at least 10. And I just don't like the way this is going because they're going to damage the product at the end. I don't know what you're... What you're, what well, you're yeah, and, and
1: Gilbert, you, you make a great point there, man. I, yeah. I really appreciate it. So here's, here's the thing that he says that's really interesting. is the idea that people buy shirts, right? Like, if you're talking about quarterbacks moving around, what are the odds? You go to a game, you're walking around the parking lot, if your quarterback's at least half decent, how many people have that guy's jersey, right? Like, the moment a quarterback gets drafted, people are buying the jersey. It's easy. Of course, everybody does it. I, When Wentz played his first game in 2016, I was in the stands in Philly wearing a Wentz jersey. Hadn't taken an actual snap in the NFL. I already had the jersey for the guy. There's a lot of people like that. And You got to think, I I mean, how how frustrating is it to get a jersey of a guy that's left, right? And if he leaves like that, it's not even like, oh, well, he was here for a long time and we had a good career and I still like him, even though he's playing for the Bills or whatever. It's like, oh, well, that guy left us and he was here for five years and now I hate his guts and now I want to just burn this jersey or give it away, you know, you don't even want to wear it anymore. So it is a messy kind of thing. And that's what's so interesting about this, is the idea that quarterbacks are begging their way out of town. And if they get that treatment, where does it go? I'm, I'm just curious if you want to see it or not. On some level, I do want to see it. I do want to see these quarterbacks move around. I would like to see what it looks like. I mean, for Stafford, I've wanted to see him on another team for years. For Deshaun Watson, do the Texans turn it around soon? Do you think they're good anytime soon? No, because I don't. So I'm looking at it. I go, okay, yeah, I'd love to see Watson on a great team. He's a great player. Give me a great player on a better team, and how far does he go? Is he in the playoffs every year? Probably. So I get why he wants out. 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show. 855-212-4227. I'm Vince
0: Quinn with you here on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to The Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. <laughs> Listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. I asked and you answered. You guys are
1: awesome. I came in because here's the thing we talked about the mailbox for a couple of weeks. I I decided to do it because I walked around, and, and here's the thing I go down the hall in the building here, and they've got this big I mean, it's just like a big cabinet. Full of all of these little boxes for people. And it's for everybody. Producers, hosts, um, here at CBS Sports Radio, WFAN, the New York Sports Talk Station is literally right... It's the studio next to mine. So, for the people, for all of these different situations within the building, they've all got their own little box in the building. And it's got their name on it, and they, you know, put their stuff. Like, Graceffo, you stash, like, your headphones in there, right? So Graceffo keeps his equipment in there, and that's what other guys do. Some hosts have their mail there. And I'm looking around, and I'm like, well, I've been here for a little while. I I wonder where my mailbox is. And I look. And it's not there. It's just a hey, uh, story. I, yeah. Oh, it's it, I mean, I think this one's easy to believe. Right. I mean, this I I don't get me wrong. I love doing the show. But as much as this is a morning show, I mean, I, 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 it's late at night on a weekend as well for some of the show, although generally it is a morning show. So I don't expect it. You know, I I would think I'd have a mailbox, all right? I I thought I'd have a mailbox. Didn't That's have a mailbox. Ludicrous. Yeah, I apparently it was. So I decided to walk down the hall and I've got the Sharpie in my hand. I I made a label and I decided that I was going to take one of the biggest mailboxes that they had. And I said, "You know what? This is mine now. Screw it." And I've asked you to send me in mail. And you guys have responded and been awesome. Just to give you a recap of this, by the way. And and like the sports stuff, we'll get we'll get to that in a minute. But I got an email from the office manager here like a week ago, and, and she goes, uh, "Vince, we got all of this mail. Like we just got flooded with mail for you." And we have no idea what to do with it because again, they didn't have a mailbox or they weren't aware that I'd made myself a mailbox. (laughs) Uh They had to find out what to do with all of this. So I was like, yeah, I set up a mailbox for myself, put it, put it in there. And it was full. It was full. I mean, I got letters from all over the place. I, I got them from Alaska and Texas and Minnesota and Chicago and like just everywhere. And so for listening, for, for mailing us stuff. And we got all sorts of fun, interesting stuff. And we'll get to some of the different things throughout bologna. the course of the night. Well, no baloney. That's, that's a big thing, by the way. I was honestly nervous that someone would mail baloney. We did not get mailed lunch meat. I think that is, if anything, that is the biggest win of this is that nobody actually sent us lunch. meat
0: bologna.
1: <laughs> no baloney, no baloney. No Although we did, we did, by the way, someone did send us a a letter with a big QR code that was put on. You know those little things that you scan with your phone? It's it's like that little checkered black and white box that you scan it, and it, it brings you to something. They're like, yeah, here's a QR code. It'll get you free baloney. So, baloney. so we were kind of mailed baloney, but we weren't actually mailed baloney. So thank you. Uh, but it, yeah, there's a lot of great stuff. The first thing that I actually opened up like first letter, the first line that I read, it's not even like a "Dear Vince." The first thing I read of any mail for this show was, "quote How do I love thee?" Question mark. <laughs> All righty then. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a, it's just like a long, very nice poem, and so it was great. You know, like it's it's just so great for you guys to to enjoy the show. I set up the mailbox. I mean, one, because I just wanted one. It was like, hey, I should have a mailbox. Damn it, I'm hosting shows on a national network. Like, give me a mailbox. Um, Who cares? Not well, me. Yeah, that's uh, that's a quote from management. But here, here's the thing, is for you guys to be a part of this and send stuff in, I mean, that's, that's the thing with this. For whatever I get here, I'll try to use it as part of the show. You know, for, for things, certain things we'll try to get on the show or I'll tweet it out or whatever. So if you want to mail us stuff, and that's for me or Grisefo. Mail it to the Vince Quinn Show at CBS Sports Radio 345 Hudson Street. And that's with a D Hudson Street, 10th floor, New York, New York, 10014. I had to sign something recently, or I signed something tonight that will make my mother very sad. Um, so <laughs> Time to move on. I guess that's what you're saying. So, all right, so. Here's what we'll do. Let's talk about Stafford again here. And and here's the thing that I want to say about Stafford that's really notable, right, is think about this. Who are the most famous Detroit Lions that you can think of? Who are the best Lions of all time? I just ask, go. Who do you got? Well, you got Barry Sanders, right? Calvin Johnson, Right. What do those guys have in common? Well, they retired early because they were sad being Detroit Lions. Their whole career, they were Detroit Lions. They didn't win anything. It didn't feel like it was going anywhere. And they decided to hang it up. Like Calvin Johnson, if he really wanted to, I think Calvin Johnson could have kept playing. Right? He was still good when he retired. He was still putting up numbers. He was maybe, what, 32? He could have kept going. He was a lion. It was sad. He didn't want to do it anymore. He goes, Yeah, I'd, I'd just rather not play football. I'm good. And so for Stafford to be at that point, right? He's 32. Guy's 32 years old. He's a number one pick in the draft. He spent every single year and played almost every game. Like he's played a lot of games. And for Stafford, to be there as much as he has been and to deal with all of the soul-crushing misery. They've had what? A, a playoff game and that's it. It's tough, especially as the quarterback with all the pressure. I can't imagine sports talk radio in Detroit and the ways he's getting crushed, you know? Like I, it's it's tough to be a quarterback on a team that isn't going anywhere because people are going to blame you whether that's right or wrong. And so for him to get to that point and be like, "I want to get out of here," and they actually grant the request, it's nice. It's just nice to see that he's actually got a shot to go to another team and we can see what he looks like. I mean, think of the places that Matthew Stafford could go to where he could be the guy that puts them over the top. Right? I mean, there's a couple. And, like, me and Grisefo were talking about this before the show, and, Grisefo, you said this rightly, the Colts, like, the Colts are a great pick. I I would love to see him on the Colts cuz I mean, look at that team right like it's it's such a natural fit
2: yeah but I, I think if we were taking uh bets on where matthew stafford was going they'd be the number one favorite by a long shot like a lot and like, they which i don't even be. think it'd be close they have to be right i mean you know it's basically a ready made team they're wa- he's walking into um i don't know how they would feel about having another veteran kind of you know stopgap kind of guy i mean eventually you want to you know groom your draft a quarterback and groom him but uh, they're in this weird in-between position because Andrew Luck decided to walk away. Um, but, I, you know, you can do far worse than Matt Stafford if you bring in a veteran stopgap if you're the Colts. I mean, it's an upgrade from Philip Rivers without it. I mean, just, you know, age alone yeah. and uh, just tread on the tires alone. It's an upgrade from Philip Rivers.
1: Yeah, so what does he look like if you get Stafford for, you know, four years on a run-heavy team and he doesn't have to do as much. Maybe they keep T.Y. Hilton in that case. Like, there's there's some fun things there. You look around the league, and there's a lot of teams that if you, you put Stafford there, they become pretty interesting. Like Washington right now. Washington made the playoffs. They're okay. Like, they're mostly a defensive team. Offensively, they're very limited. Put Stafford on that team. How much better are they? Right? They could be a good deal better. Um, The Saints, maybe Drew Brees retires. What do they look like if Matthew Stafford's on that team? I mean, they had to get Jameis Winston to throw the ball down the field. Taysom Hill on a trick play to throw the ball down the field. So he couldn't do it anymore. Stafford could do that. So what would it look like if Matthew Stafford is on the Saints versus Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston next year? What does it look like in Carolina with Matthew Stafford? Bridgewater's okay. Stafford's clearly better. What does that look like? I'd love to see it. New England. Put Matthew Stafford in New England. How much better are they? Is that a Super Bowl team? Could be. Like, that's the thing here. I mean, this is a big time movable piece, and and we could. It, Detroit said they're going to let it happen. So it's it's just wild. I'm so excited to see where he goes. I want to see how great he can be. So eight five five two one two four two two seven. Let's go to Daryl. Daryl, what's,
4: what's up? What's going on, man? I'm glad you got my package. Yeah, oh, Daryl, yeah, I got your card and, and everything, man. Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah, real quick nugget about Stafford. I mean, Vikings season ticket holder for 20 years, and I gave him up last year. I'm just tired of Cousins. I just wish the Vikings would just trade for him straight up. I'd love to have him on my
0: team.
1: Oh, well, yeah. Okay, so a Cousins for Stafford swap would be so much fun, especially because it's in the division. That's what I'm saying. Just
4: like
0: when Favre came to us from Green Bay, it was awesome.
1: Yeah, how weird was that when Favre came? I mean, well, yeah, I guess for you guys it was great because you still got to, uh, what, NFC Championship game with Favre, right?
4: Yeah, we got NFC Championship game and then uh, went back with Case Keenum and then uh, our our brilliant management thought that Cousins was going to be the guy to put us over the edge and guess what, we didn't even make the freaking playoffs the next year, so there you go. Yeah, that's, that's rough,
1: man. And, Daryl, by the way, you said great stuff, man. I mean, you Graceffo's got his Antonio Holmes jersey now.
4: Yep, and then uh, the, I'll tell you a little story about that Eagles hat I sent you. Okay. Um, I, uh, I uh, went to that divisional playoff game when we played you guys at the link, and uh, I got stories, well, I better not wear my Viking stuff, so I signed up for a credit card, and I got that <laughs> Eagles hat. I never wore it that day, so I had it up on the shelf. And then when I found that when I was following you a little bit on Twitter and listening to the show when you came back, found out you were an Eagles fan, I was like, man, well, here's a brand new hat for you, brother. (laughs) Yeah, it's
1: awesome. And I put it on and it fit like it's because it's a winter hat. Like it's tight and it's just, it's like the perfect fit. So it's awesome. That was so nice of you. And Daryl, I I appreciate it, man. I got to run though. So 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show. 855-212-4227. Now, Honestly, I've almost been waiting an hour to get to this. Like, I can't wait to talk about this next. We just had one of the most
0: completely ridiculous press conferences I've ever heard, and we will get to that next. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio. listening to the Vince Quinn show weekend overnights on CBS sports radio. If you think Matthew
1: Stafford leaving the Detroit lions is bad, well, <laughs> there's something else far worse that just took place. And we'll get to that in just a moment. I'm Vince Quinn with you on CBS sports radio. And I'm just letting you right now, uh, know right now that uh, there's going to be some point in the show where I just have like an awful 13 year old boy, prepubescent, like ah, in the middle of speaking. It's my, my voice is already, I took one week off and my voice is already shot within an hour. I'm doing great. Um, so a lot of things to get into over the course of this evening, by the way, a little bit later. I was reading up on Hank Aaron, and if you, obviously you probably heard the news. Hank Aaron passed just the other day, I guess yesterday, two days ago, technically whatever. Um, Hank Aaron just passed, and, and reading up on Hank Aaron, I f- found out just a lot of interesting things. And, and I want to get into the remarkable nature of Hank Aaron and, and a really like deep-cut, part of baseball history that it just absolutely blew my mind. So I want to get to all that a little bit later in the hour, but for now, Oh my goodness, this is just, okay. So here's the scene that I want to set for you. We're in Detroit. We're in a room for a press conference. The big banner in the back, you got the podium. People are getting ready for a big moment. You got a brand new head coach. Oh, Matt Patricia just got fired, right? He got fired a couple months ago. Bit of a mess. Like to call out reporters about being sloppy and every player in the universe bashed him after he got fired from the job. So, you know, not exactly a great hire. So you want to restore confidence in your franchise. You want to let the fans, the media, your players, you want to let all of them know in the most obvious terms, that you've picked the best guy to get that team and turn things around. And then he gets to the podium,
4: and this happens. This place has been kicked. It's been battered. It's been bruised. And I can sit up here and give you coach speak all day long. I can give you, uh, you know, hey, we're going to win this many games. I can't. None of that matters, and you guys don't want to hear it anyway. You've had enough of that. (laughs) So, excuse my language. (laughs) All right? Here's what I do know is that this team is going to take on the identity of this city, all right? And this city's been been down and it found a way to get up, all right? It's found a way to uh, overcome adversity, all right? And so this team's going to be built on, uh, we're going to kick you in the teeth, all right? And, And when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off, all right? And we're going to stand up. And then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down, all right? And on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap, and we're going to get up, and then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. Before before long, we're going to be the last one standing. All right? That's going to be the mentality.
1: So the head coach of the Detroit Lions is a cannibal. I think that's what we've established. He's a cannibal. Kneecaps, very tasty. Dan item. Cannibal. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Very
1: smooth. Thanks, buddy. Very smooth. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's such a great, it's such a peak football guy thing. We're going to get in there and we're going to bite his kneecaps off. If they knock us down, we're going to bite off the other kneecap. And if somehow a guy that doesn't have kneecaps bites us and knocks us down, well, we're going to bite him. We're going to eat whatever else we can off his body.
0: What <laughs> the?
1: It's so good because yeah, here's the thing, too. You can tell that he's just he's so worked up and I think on some level nervous like an I could because let's be honest, this guy is doing an introductory press conference and. As a head coach, that's a really tough spot to be in, right? Being a football coach is something that these guys are used to. You're around players in a locker room. Maybe you're giving a small speech to the team, whatever it is. Like, those things are your natural environment. That's what you do. But to sit as a guy who's never been a head coach before, to have to go up in front of the media in a suit, which, like, when do football guys wear suits, you know, like this? He's wearing a suit. He's trying to sell these people that like, yes, I, you might not have been really aware of me and you might have wanted other guys, but I'm the right guy for the job. And like, he's sitting there and he's just so worked up. And it feels like by the time he finishes this, why he's like, yeah, well, I love, one, he's throwing out curse words. Two, he's just like talking about eating people. You've had um,
4: enough of that. <laughs> so excuse my language.
1: <laughs> like, it just feels like by the time he got off the podium, he must've been like, guys, what did I say? I just blacked out. You know, like it just feels like he has no clue what's coming out of his mouth. And it's all pure football guy instinct just oozing out of him. And suddenly he's consumed an entire human body. Like it just it just went totally off the rails. It's so good, though. I mean, what, Christophe? like what a wonderful opening speech from a coach, right?
2: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I told you this before the show. It took him 20 minutes to take a question. That's insane. Like, most of the time, these things are just 20 minutes long. It took him 20 minutes to say, uh, does anyone have any questions? Which, uh, everyone had a question. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Everyone had a question.
1: Yeah, you have to have a question about that. So, uh, when it comes to kneecaps, do you saute them? Do you deep fry them? Do you put them in an air fryer? Like, what's the best way I'll to give consume them credit, a kneecap? credit, though.
2: If they just put on a board and said, we want the opposite of Matt Patricia, they got it. Like, oh, yeah. okay. Like, if their number one goal was, uh, yeah, we wanted the opposite of Matt Patricia here, sure, you did it. I mean, uh, Dan Campbell started the press conference saying, I'm not Matt Campbell. I know everybody here wanted Matt Campbell, but the Lions got the name is mixed up. Ha ha ha, funny joke. But, I mean, look, they asked him, Dan, what kind of system are you going to run? Oh, the coordinators do that. I don't know. You know, I'm just here to motivate and, you know, be positive and talk about eating people, uh, <laughs> which is fine. I mean, you know, a lot of coaches just, you know, they delegate to the coordinators, and that's great, and you basically have a figurehead who's in charge of everybody. That's awesome. But for him to come out and say, yeah, well, I don't know what system we're going to run. We're just going to, like, take advantage of other people's weaknesses. <laughs> well, duh. That's what everybody tries to do every Sunday. But it, it, look— when you go up there, and you drop an S bomb immediately, like it's a it's a good like starting point to say things are going to go off the rails.
1: Yeah, it it feels that way. Like it's just it's a it's a terrible first impression. That's the thing. I mean, you can come out and be like, "Yeah, we're going to kick him in the teeth." And we're going to find these people where they live and we're going to show them this and that. Like, all right, fine. Like, if you want to, you know, do all that kind of coach speak, you can do that. But it's not even, it's like confusing coach speak. You know, it's like, yeah, we're going to get these people and we're going to take their mothers out for a date. And we're not going to call them back. You know what I mean? It's like (laughs) like Anchorman trash talk.
2: (laughs) Does it surprise you that two days later Matt Stafford says, meh. This probably isn't for me. I'm going to go.
1: Well, that's the thing too, right? Like to have that press conference and then the news comes out that Matthew Stafford is going to go and the Lions agreed like they couldn't even sell Matthew Stafford on like just give him one year, just give him one year and see what happens. I mean, he said, come on, he's a brand new coach, but we really believe in this guy. He's a former player, offensive guy. Like it's going to be great. He's like, yeah, guys, I went out here and they're like, you know, we don't blame you. It's, <laughs> it's just it's a joke.
2: They're amazing. Like, they're an amazing franchise just in the fact that, like, they just they ooze confusion. Like, everything they do just oozes confusion. It's hilarious. Like, they're not as bad as the Texans simply because they actually have people who want to work there. But, I mean, to have just people just look like they're lost with everything they do... And, you know, they basically asked the president, hey, did you interview any college coaches? When everybody know they knew they wanted to, and he basically said, I'm not going to answer a question about that. I mean, I'm too good to answer a question about that. And then the general manager who just got there three days before from the Rams, they never met – he never met Dan Campbell until, like, three
1: days ago. my God.
2: So it's like – I mean, who can see this not working? Like, everyone – I mean, the fact that like they gave him three names and he said, "Here's the here's the three names we want. You pick the one from the three names." And he picked Dan Campbell. Like, I I guess that's how it went. I mean, they they basically said we gave our general manager three names, and he had never met Dan Campbell before in his life. So, I mean, what makes you think it's gonna go well?
1: Yeah, that's not good. That's that's definitely not good. Um, and here's the thing too that's so interesting about that is you're just bringing in the GM and you've basically got the coach hired, like, that's not how this typically goes, right? And if you're going to be in a situation where you hire the coach and then you hire the GM, it's usually a guy that's really accomplished. It's a guy that's like, wow, this guy's got a track record and look at him go. Like, Urban Meyer's bringing in his own GM in Jacksonville. Fine, he's new to the NFL, but let's be honest. It's Urban Meyer, okay? Urban Meyer has the right and has the ability and had the leverage to be like, listen, guys, I'm running the show here, and I'm going to get a GM that works for me, all right? That's what I'm going to do, and that's what he did. But he can do that because he's won national championships and built up a bunch of programs and yada, yada, yada. I mean, it's it's Urban Meyer. But who's Dan Campbell? Like, who's... He's the guy. He's he's the guy now. Your GM doesn't have any relationship with him. He just picked him out and now they got to make this thing work. Like it's just it's sloppy. And it's weird because this seems to be happening more and more. Like th- this whole dynamic of it used to be okay, you'd hire the GM, then the GM would hire the coach. That's really not the case anymore. Like the the whole thing is changing. And what you're seeing is you're getting more coaches that have more power. You're getting coaches that are hiring their GMs. And and you see that, for example, because it, it can work. That's the thing. It can work as much as it's different. Like San Francisco, right? San Francisco, you have Kyle Shanahan. He brought in John Lynch. They decided to do that thing together. It worked. Uh, John Gruden and Mike Mayock is a bit of a partnership. It's not that Mike Mayock was brought in and John Gruden was his guy. They gave John Gruden... 10 years, they gave him a decade contract. And it was like, well, Mike, you're going to be working with John. They figured it out, but Gruden's the guy, right? That's his team. So you see this kind of breakdown, but when you see it play out like this with the lions, you look at, it, you go, I don't know about this folks. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know how this relationship's exactly going to work. And if you're the lions, I mean, how disheartening is it to, watch that and like it's not the speech itself isn't that big of a deal it looks sloppy and bad maybe he turns out to be a good coach but when it it looks like that and then Stafford does go I mean he's, he's gonna go that's the report is the Lions have agreed with Stafford that they'll move him it's not Stafford saying look I want to get out of here now and they go oh, well sorry you're stuck with Dan like they said yes you can go. So what does that say? Like, what what confidence level do you have in the organization? If you're a free agent, do you want to sign in Detroit if the money's equal? No, because Stafford's gone. Like, it's such a bad look. It's awful. So good luck to them. But I don't know how, I don't know how you turn things around now. I mean, it's just such a dramatic rebuild. It's the one great consistent thing they've had. And now it's gone. It's it's going to go very soon. What a hire. I mean, only in Detroit, really. Like, this is this is such an only in Detroit kind of thing. And it's sad. Like, I feel for Lions fans in the worst way. Because you fired Patricia, you go, good. They fired him three games in. I mean, they shouldn't have given him the next season to begin with. But they fired him early in the season. We're going to have all the time in the world to find the next guy. Think of all of the, the months and Hours, manpower that went into this search and this is what you're getting so far. I mean, the start of your era is the guy is he's making a fool of himself and your quarterback's leaving. Doesn't look good. And you know what's funny? Houston, same thing. What are we doing here? I mean, they fired Bill O'Brien how early into the season? Maybe he was three games and Patricia was a little longer, but you had all the time in the world, guys. I mean, you got to nail this pick when you got all the time to scout anybody, everybody, legally have those conversations of, "Hey, what do you think about but you want to be the coach next year?" Like, how do you do this? I mean, Houston doesn't have a coach. They're going to be the last team to hire somebody, and they were the first team to get on the market. It's crazy. I mean, it's certifiably insane what's happening in these places, but Hey, if you ever get hungry, just give yourself a good gnaw on the kneecap. That's what we've learned. So eight, five, five, two, one, two, four, two, two, seven. That's how you join the show. I'm Vince Quinn. You can always hop in on Twitter at it's Vince Quinn, but here's what I want to do when we get back. All right, because we've been talking a lot of it. It's, it's happened to be very Lion centric and people of Detroit. Again, I'm sorry for you and I, I don't mean to pile on. So we're going to move on a little bit and Steph Curry just got to a point in NBA history that is absolutely unbelievable and it's just the beginning for him.
0: So we're going to get to that on the other side. Keep it right here. You're listening to The Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio. Listening to the Vince Quinn Show, weekend overnights on CBS Sports Radio. Alright, if you thought dogs were amazing, they're even better than you thought.
1: And we're gonna get to that in just a minute, as well as Shaquille O'Neal. But first, we I'm Vince Quinn with you on CBS Sports Radio. And if you listen to the show, you know that recently. I've been talking about a mailbox because, you know, mail is fun. And w- let's be honest, what else are we doing right now, right? <laughs> There's not a whole lot of running around and crazy things that we're doing in our free time. So if you got some free time, uh, I've been asking people to send in mail. And we've gotten some great stuff. And and this has only been the first time that I've had a chance to open up the mailbox. I came in, it was full, and it was cool. Because honestly, I had no idea if we were going to get anything. Let's be honest. I mean, I, I know what hour I'm on. I'm on once a week. And so I'm like, okay, uh, maybe like me and Graceffa were talking about this when I started up the mailbox and we were honestly having conversations of like, Hey man, you might not get anything. And I believe that I I really did. And so for the fact that you guys have shown your support by mailing in stuff, it's been super cool. It's, it's been such an awesome thing and uh, let's keep it going. So let me give you the address for the mailbox. By the way, if you want to mail something to the show. You can send it to the Vince Quinn Show at CBS Sports Radio. We're at 345 Hudson Street, 10th floor, New York, New York, 10014. I also pinned it on Twitter. So if you go to my Twitter profile, it's the first thing you'll see. That's it. It's Vince Quinn. Now, what did we get, right? Well, we got a lot of things. One, uh, somebody sent me a nice poem a very lovely poem that was very cool. I got some drawings. People drew some different logos and stuff. Um, here's one that I did not exactly expect, but I I kind of earned this one. I told people, and I, I will still stand by this, if you send in a picture and you want me to sign it, you know what? Who cares? I'm, I'm happy to sign it, right? So somebody sent me a picture <laughs> of an adult film actress. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <a> tremendous pike! <laughs> and you know what? I signed it. I signed it. What else am I gonna do? Yeah, why not? If you want to ruin a picture of a beautiful woman wearing basically nothing, and you want my signature on it, who am I to judge? Right? So I was, I was happy to do
3: it. I signed talking it. Talking about dinglelings,
1: <laughs> there were none of that. Although, if talking about dinglelings, if I got a picture of of, of that. Uh, I don't know if I'd sign it. I don't know if I could sign that. That might be the line that I I have to draw a line somewhere, I guess. You know what? Okay. I'm going to say, yeah, you know what? There is some level of a line, but if, but I've, I've got a pretty loose boundary here of what I'm willing to sign. So somebody sent me an adult film actress and said, please sign this. And I'll be sending it back. So I'll do that. I don't know. Tomorrow's Sunday. There's no mail on Sunday, right? So I'll, I'll send it Monday. But oh, I... daddy. <laughs> so it's a two-way mailing situation we've got here. Um, but if you want to send something in, the Vince Quinn Show, CVS Sports Radio, 345.
0: Oh, no. We suck again.
3: <laughs>
1: no, no, no. The mail is great. 345 Hudson Street, 10th floor, New York, New York, one zero zero. One four. I'm
3: talking about ding-a-lings. No, we're not.
1: We're not talking about dingalings. We're not talking about. <laughs> we're not talking about baloney in the mail. None of that. All right, none of that. So, <laughs> here's something I saw that I just like. I had to stop in my tracks when I saw this story because I just it, it it was so shocking. Um, the Miami Heat have an interesting security measure for their stadium right now. So if you want to go to a Miami heat game, you know what they're doing? They've got dogs at the front gate that are smelling people for COVID. Isn't that amazing? Yes. There you go. Do you have any other? Can you just do the segment? I'll just, I'll just, isn't that amazing? Yeah, there we go. Uh, it's so it is amazing. I mean, that's incredible. Like, We're talking about dogs. They could could just smell it in people. Like, here's the thing. I don't understand how that process works even a little bit. Like, what do you give them to smell? I know I've seen it in a billion movies where, like, somebody breaks out of a prison, and they're like, oh, my God, we need to track this person down. Release the hounds. And the hounds are smelling somebody's coat and chasing them down a river or something. You know what I mean? Like, I've I've seen that a million times. I know there's bomb-sniffing dogs and whatnot. Like, all that stuff is remarkable but just think that a dog can smell covid and and here's the other thing about it that really makes it amazing it's not just that they can s- supposedly smell this and identify people that have it but apparently if you've got the vaccine it won't trigger the dog so I have no idea how this works. I I don't know what the efficiency level is. I don't know what kind of breeds of dogs do you use. Are there certain kinds of dogs that are built for this better than others? Probably. Um, But it's just, it's so crazy to think that you can get a dog that's smelling for that in addition to everything else that they smell. Now, last thing on this, I just wish you could pet those dogs, right? That's just, that's all I want. I mean, I've been at the airport. I got tagged by a dog at the airport once. I didn't have anything. Um, but I did get tagged by a dog at the airport and they had to pull me aside. And they're going through all my junk and like, whatever it was, it was a very annoying process, but as much as I was mad at the dog for, for picking me out when I didn't have any problems, would have wanted to pet the dog. You just see it walking around. They got these big signs on the dogs. Don't pet. Do those dogs ever get pet? Or does anybody pet those dogs? Are they never allowed to get pets? Do they live a whole pet free existence? That sounds tragic for a dog. I hope that's not the case, but anyway, with that being said, uh, Let's move to something that, that really, and kind of related to the Heat, because Shaq played for the Heat. What is Shaq doing? Can, you know what, us let's, let's just play the exchange. What
4: the hell is this? By the this is Shaq. I, I said tonight that uh, you are one of my favorite players, but you don't have what it takes to get to the next level. I said it on purpose. I wanted you to hear it. What do you have to say about that? All right. That's it. That's it? All right. That's it. Okay, cool.
3: I mean, I you I, hear I, I've been hearing Shaq.
4: Well, I've been hearing that since my rookie year. You know, I'm just going to get back well, and do what I do. Good. At the end well, of the day, well, that's what I wanted you to hear. You say, yes, "Love sir. your game, brother. Keep it up. Appreciate it." What
1: the hell is that? I mean, seriously, what the hell is that? It's such, it's such a ridiculous thing. Like, here, here's the thing. I get Shaquille O'Neal is one of the greatest basketball players to ever play. Right? He's also one of the most unique basketball players to ever play not everybody that comes in the league is seven foot two and has ridiculous agility. You know, like he was such a physical freak, something you've almost never seen. Like, like is there anybody that's really like Shaq? I mean, I don't know. The closest thing right now is what Embiid, right? So you're looking at Shaq and the kind of player that he was and to be so ridiculously upfront critical of Donovan Mitchell at that moment, it just feels so uncalled for. Like, what is he really accomplishing by going at Donovan Mitchell like that? What does it do?
2: Recefo? Well, well, Vince, I mean, we know what the show is, right? The show is the four of them. They get on their desk and they try to say outlandish shock value kind of thing. Like not so much Ernie and Kenny. No, but Shaq and Barkley. They're there to, like, make headlines. They're there to say outlandish, shock value kind of stuff. Like, we all get that. That's what the show is. People aren't going there for their NBA analysis. Like, let's be frank. You can get it a million other places that do a better job than that. You're going there for the personality of the show and the fact that the games are on the, the network. Like, let's be honest. Well, yeah, I, I'll
1: say it's entertaining. It's very entertaining
2: for but sure. Again, have you ever, you know, did you ever know Shaquille O'Neal was a Master Motivator? Like, <laughs> does Shaq have a business card that says Master Motivator by embarrassing you on national television? Yeah, <laughs> and that's the th- he does it to so many people. Well, I mean, the best part of it was Donovan Mitchell basically said, "I don't really care what your opinion is. Uh, I don't, you know, you're not a coach. You're not, you're not a talent talent evaluator. You're not, you don't sign my check." I don't care what your opinion is. Yeah, well, like, so that was the best part of that. Like, what does Donovan
1: Mitchell? Donovan Mitchell owe has Shaq? nothing
2: to prove to Shaquille O'Neal and you know whoever you know shares Shaquille O'Neal's opinion. Like Donovan Mitchell's easily you know a top fifteen player in this league. W- could get a max contract anywhere he went if he chose to leave Utah? But he just signed an extension. So again, Donovan Mitchell owes nothing to Shaq, nothing to anybody on that show. The show is there for shock value and you know dumb opinions which, you know, end up being wrong at the end of the day. And, you know, for Shaq to say, I'm doing this to motivate you, young brother. Like, that's not... Like, I don't think anybody goes to Shaquille O'Neal for their
1: motivation, you know? No. And and here's the other thing, too. Like, for the game that Donovan Mitchell plays, where he's a shooter, he can handle the ball a bit, like, that playoff series he had last year was unbelievable. What a series that was. And they lose in Game 7 in the final moments with a shot that doesn't go in, against Jamal Murray, who also played his heart out. Like, that was an insane series. Mitchell scoring
2: 50 points a game in the bubble, and he's like, oh, you, you haven't really proven it to me, uh, young buck. Yeah. Like, what? What's
1: he got to do? I mean, I seriously.
2: Score 70 a game in the bubble.
1: Yeah, that's got to be what it is. You got to score 70. And and that's the thing. It's like, it, there's a couple of problems with it. Because one, Donovan Mitchell is a really good young player. So, I don't know what the real criticism is. The guy's pretty damn good. But then the other thing is not everybody is going to be that world-class Hall of Fame guy. And it sounds obvious, but apparently it's not. Like, it's totally okay to be a guy that ultimately slates out as, let's say, if you're building a big three, then he's the second guy in a big three. There's nothing wrong with that. That might mean he is a top 15, top 20 NBA player. But you need a top five guy to be a number one. You know, like... It, it's just, it's such a ridiculous criticism. You're allowed to be a pretty good player, especially at his age. Who's like, do you look at Donovan Mitchell and go, you know, he's really not pushing himself hard enough. This guy doesn't seem to want it. He's wasted talent. He's a bust. Like he was almost rookie of the year. He had that whole thing where he beefed with Ben Simmons about it and tried to say, oh, he's not a rookie, uh, but he's been good from the jump. I mean, really, he's been good from the jump and for Shaq to just come out and be like, "Yeah, listen, dude, let me tell you right now in front of everybody, after you just won a game that you're not good enough." It's, it's just it's it's so ridiculous. Let's
2: man. be let's let's throw another part of it in here too, which is probably the truth. It's a lot of Utah Jazz bias. Like they're the Utah Jazz. They're not, you know, they're not on the East Coast, they're on the West Coast. They're not, you know, filled with stars. How many times is TNT having the Jazz on their this uh team is good enough to win a championship because it's not you know covered in stars meanwhile you know their best their two best players are really really good NBA players and they could beat anybody in a playoff series they've shown it
1: yeah they're a solid squad and they have been for quite some time and now Mitchell is a guy that's really taken on responsibility. He's grown so much like he's a really good player it just it doesn't seem like the guy to criticize and so i just I, it gets so frustrating cuz the NBA loves this right like the NFL doesn't do this You don't hear this all the time, right? Like, could you imagine what it would be like if Joe Montana was constantly coming out and just being like, oh, well, Patrick Mahomes is great, but, I mean, the corners that I had back in my day and the way they covered, like, yeah, you can make that argument, sure, but he doesn't do it. He doesn't do it. He doesn't need to go out in public, and this is like the fifth time we've mentioned Joe Montana for some reason the show, but, like, he doesn't do that. Peyton Manning isn't looking at these guys and going, well, let me tell you, I mean, when I was playing in the league It was different and I was better than these guys and Josh Allen isn't doing enough. You know what I mean? Like, why? It doesn't, it's an NFL or it's an NBA problem. They're the league that seems to love this. All of these guys, look at these younger players. It's not good enough. The league's too soft. They moved to shooting. It's not the same. Yeah, it's not the same, but also, can we talk about how skilled these guys are? I mean, Donovan Mitchell is a really skilled player. Shaq's not doing the kind of things that Donovan Mitchell did. They're very different games. Like for him to be so critical like that, it just, it's very confusing. And for the NBA to, to live like this, it just doesn't help anybody promote these guys. You know, if he was wasting his time, like Shaq, for example, has been critical of JaVale McGee a bunch, like on that show, they love ripping JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee is a center. There was a, a very high draft pick. And has really great moments. But he's scatterbrained sometimes. You know, so he hasn't gotten the most that you would expect out of a guy that big and that talented. So they've ripped him. And whatever. Fine. But Donovan Mitchell? Really? Like, is this the guy we need to go after? Is this the guy we need to ask more from? I just I, I just don't know what it does for anyone. It's just dumb. So anyway, 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show. 855-212-4227. I'm Vince Quinn, by the way, and you can join the show on Twitter at It's Vince Quinn. Now, when we come back, there's, speaking of ridiculous things, we haven't talked about Jared Porter at all a little bit. I, I just want to get a couple of minutes in on that. And we're not, we're not talking about Daniel H Did you stop that? Um, but... We are going to talk about it, because the the whole scandal's insane. We're going to talk about that on the other side. Keep it right here.
0: You're listening to The Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio. Listening to the Vince Quinn show weekend overnights on CBS sports radio. Good morning. What a hell of a
1: day we've got ahead, huh? This is going to be great. Like this is what it's all about. This is so much fun for me is I love conference championship games. And, and it's a shame because one of the best parts of it isn't going to quite be the same. Well, I have fans in the stands, but conference championship games are just so much fun because it's, the home crowd you know like the idea of a home team winning their chance to go to the super bowl that's the last game you can get to right in the home stadium otherwise neutral crowd neutral field all that kind of stuff just a total mess unless you're tampa bay which we'll be getting into them a little bit later in the hour but i'm vince quinn with you here on cbs sports radio and we're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Rocket Mortgage is giving away millions during Super Bowl 55 with the Rocket Mortgage Super Bowl Squares Sweepstakes. See rules and enter for free today at rocketmortgagesquares.com. So, a couple of games today. And, and here's one of the things that I want to do just right up front before I get into the games themselves and the matchups and why I think they're fun and all this different stuff. Um... You got four teams left, right? You got four, okay? So you got the Bills, you got the Chiefs, you got the Packers, you got the Bucks. Who are you rooting for? Who are you rooting for? Just like total selfish personal interest. Who are you rooting for? Who's the team that, as you sit here, if you, especially if you don't have a dog in the fight, if you're a Bucks fan, you're rooting for the Bucks, right? I'm not an idiot. Okay, it's it's simple and obvious. Uh, Hi, I'm Jim from Tampa. I'm rooting for the Bucks. Yeah, I I get that, Jim. Um, but for anybody else, if you don't have a team that is one of these final four, who are you rooting for? Who do you want to see win? Because here's, here's the hunch that I have. This is what I'm curious about. I have a hunch that right now the Buffalo Bills are America's team. That's, that's just the vibe that I get because it's the Bills. It's the Bills, right? Like, what do they have going on? I, I think the last time they won a championship was like 1965. My goodness. So for a team that hasn't won in that long, who had that stretch of Super Bowls without winning to have fans that jump through tables and just do crazy fun things, uh, getting toddlers and throwing them through a table. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago, which was hilarious. Um, someone got a, like a two-year-old and was like, yeah, happy birthday, Timmy. Boop, And they like threw this little two-year-old through a table. It was, it was insane. Um, but, but that's what Bill's fans do. And it's great. So it just feels like the Bills are America's team right now. Like that's just who everybody's rooting for. And there's good reason outside of just all the things around the Bills and who the Bills are, but it's also look around, right? I mean, you saw the Chiefs. Chiefs won the Super Bowl last year. Here they are again. It's Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. They could do this for a decade, maybe more. So it's not like we have fatigue yet. It's not the Warriors in the middle of their stretch. It's not every single year since 2003 with Tom Brady. Um, it, it's just, you know, it, it, they're, they've won one. We'll see where it goes. And right now, they're very likable. But would you root for the Chiefs over the Bills? Do you root for the Packers? I mean, Aaron Rodgers has won one. It's been a while for Rodgers, though. It's been a while. What was it, 2009, 2010? It's been... A stretch for a guy as good as him who before Mahomes showed up was the most talented quarterback I've ever seen in my life. I mean, it, it's it's just been a long time. I, I'm i happy to root for Aaron Rodgers to win another. When they don't help him out with drafting a wide receiver, when they draft a quarterback in the first round, for him to go on a spite tour, win the MVP, and win the Super Bowl would be pretty damn sweet. Like, that's fun. That's That's what sports are about, right? Like, moments and stories like that. Um, but the other team you root for is, I mean, I'm not rooting for Tom Brady and the bucks. All right. I'd rather die. I would, I would rather never do this show again. I would rather retire. I'm good. I'm good. You know what? I used to be like, as much as it's not my hometown team, I was a bucks fan for a while. I love those early two thousands teams. You kidding me? Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks and Rondé Barber, like Simeon Rice, they had Warwick Dunn. They had so many great players on those teams. They were so much fun to watch. Mike Allstott, remember Mike Allstott with the big pads, big fullback, like they they were fun. They were great. And I would no way in hell root for the Buccaneers right now. No way, no how. It's just not happening. So, just as we get here, I'm just kind of curious to just want to know who people actually want to see win. Because expecting teams and, you know, who you think is going to win is one conversation. But who you actually want to see win? Hell yeah, I want the Bills to win. Are you out of your mind? Yes, we all do, right? That's At least that's the vibe I've got is everybody in America who isn't a fan of the Chiefs or the Packers or the Bucks? All those people rooting for the Bills. Grisafeo shaking his head. No. Okay. Now, who are you rooting for, Grisafeo? The Packers. You're rooting for the Packers. Okay. Is it Rodgers? Why are you rooting for Greenback? Yeah,
2: I think I think uh, kind of bookending Rodgers' career like this is a is a nice is a nice thing. Plus, I can't have the Bills winning a Super Bowl after I've seen the Patriots win a million.
0: Oh, okay. So the Jets, yeah, being in the division. Yeah, I can't.
2: I can't, ha- I can't have Josh Allen win a Super Bowl in the same draft class as my quarterback which honestly isn't going very well right now.
1: Well, no, it's it's not going very well right now. And uh, you're probably replacing him with somebody at that number two pick, whether it goes towards Deshaun Watson, maybe, or, you know, I don't know. If you had to take a quarterback at two, who would you take? I don't even know the answer to that question. Right, I well, really don't. Well, I'll grill you about it until May or whenever the draft really, is. April. There we go. I got it circled, bud. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, I bet you do. Yeah. You I've been
2: thinking about that day since, you know, week three.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, God, I mean, man, what else did you have to look forward to? Nothing. Yeah. So, okay, but but you're rooting for the Packers. And I get that. That's the thing. Like, if I was doing my hierarchy of things, I'd have Bills 1, Packers 2, Chiefs 3, and there is no fourth team. They just don't exist. They're not on the board. It's not possible. Um, and, and like I said, I'd rather be dead. So, that's how I stand with all of it. And I would love to know what the, who you're actually rooting for. 855-212- 4227 that's how you join the show, 855-212-4227, I'm Vince Quinn, by the way, you can always join the show on Twitter at It's Vince Quinn, or mail us stuff, mail us stuff, we have a mailbox, I decided to set it up in the middle of the night, when, you know, nobody was here, because I could, that's when I'm here, and I wanted a mailbox, and people sent us stuff, and it's been awesome, we got a nice poem that was written for us, um I was sent pornography. It's it's uh it's been an interesting morning. So if you want to send us mail, you can send it to the Vince oh, Quinn Show. Pipe. yep, it was. <laughs> it certainly was. Uh the Vince Quinn Show, CBS Sports Radio, 345 Hudson Street, 10th floor, New York, New York. One zero zero one four Vince, I didn't catch that. Well, listen to podcasts of the show. I say it in the podcast as well. You can catch it there.
3: Um, talking about dinglelings,
1: not too much, but kind of, sort of, a little bit. Um, how can you not? So <laughs> that's what sports radio is all about. Um, talking
3: about dinglelings. Uh, <laughs>
1: uh, whoever's saying that is clearly loaded, right? Like, how drunk is who's saying that? Is that a caller from, like... <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> this old... Like an old man caller that was probably housebound,
1: living alone. Yeah, that's that sounds about right. Uh, all he had was... his dingling. Anyway. Um, and, and by the way, one of the things that I, I was not fully aware of, but I was made aware of this as we got letters and people mailed a couple of things in, apparently we get a lot of people that are inmates who listen to the show. So for people... Hey, if you're in jail, you're listening to the show, I hope you're having a good time. I hope you enjoy the show. Feel free to write. Like, I, you know... Hey, I'm happy to entertain. Like, that's what I'm here to do. You know, people always look at this and they're like, oh my God, you're doing sports talk radio. You need to be factually accurate and give the best analysis ever on everything. And like, I try. Okay. I try. I'm not here to be super hot take guy or anything like that. I try to tell you what I think about a person. I try to be fair about people. Cause Hey, it's, you know, they're public figures. They got reputations. They got families. Like it's, it's their actual lives. We're talking about with these people. So I I try to be fair, but I do try to entertain as well. So, hey, wherever you are, wherever you're listening, I hope you enjoy the show. I appreciate all the mail that we've gotten so far. And keep it coming. Let's let's see where this goes for the next couple of weeks. Don't traumatize these people. Get out of here, man. It's not, you stop that, Grisefo. Send your hate mail to you. Address it as much as it's written to the Vince Quinn show. Address your hate mail to James Grisefo. That would be James Grisefo, who produces the show. Now... Let's talk a little bit on top of your calls of who you're actually rooting for, what you want to see happen today. Let's talk about the Bills and the Chiefs, right? Because, one, this game is just fun. This is such a fun game to have Mahomes and everything he does as a quarterback and that offense and just the big playability, right? You have Tyreek Hill, you've got Sammy Watkins, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, you've got Le'Veon Bell. Like, there's just so many talented guys. Travis Kelsey, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous how talented that team is, how great the coaching staff is, right? Like you go into this game excited about it. And really, if you're a Bills fan, you're nervous about it. As a Chiefs fan, you feel like anything is possible, even if you start slow because of Andy Reid and Eric B enemy, who apparently nobody wants to hire. And we'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. Um, it, Mike Kafka was getting some looks and some mentions. He's their quarterback coach. He was getting sniffed at as a, as a head coaching candidate. So They just got everything going on. Like, you're excited about that. That's fun. This is what you want to see in a conference championship, right? Like, that's what it's all about. But also, Josh Allen's an MVP candidate as well. He's not going to get it, but he's an MVP candidate. He's had a hell of a season. He's had one of the best, like, one of the most remarkable seasons. Let me put it that way. Based on where he's been in the first couple of years of his career and where he is right now, this is a remarkable, statistically, like, never-seen-before leap in quality of play. It's it's amazing what Josh Allen's done this season. And for him to get to this stage and be in this moment is a real testament to the way that guy's worked and how the team's been built around him. And so to see them and how dangerous they are and the Bills' big playability and having this all paired up is just exciting football. You've got enough guys on the defensive side of the ball that can make big plays. You've got the storyline of teams that played each other. And for both of these games, I mean, you've got a conference championship where both of these teams played each other. And I believe they both played week six Oddly enough, so every week six matchup is a forecast of who will be in the Super Bowl every year. Uh, Note that for next season, but you see all of this history as well, because now you're looking at you're going, oh man, well, you know, in that game in week six, this happened and that happened. How's it going to translate like that gamesmanship? it, It adds so much more because now you've got footage like when you're playing that game in week six, it's not a division game, right? Packers and Bucks, not in the same division. Bills and Chiefs, not in the same division. You're planning to go and take out that game. You're not worrying about playoffs. You're just doing what you got to do to go and win that game. How you think you're going to shut the Bills down or the Chiefs down. And so how does it change now that you have all of that footage, right? You've got all of that film to look over. You see how those teams have evolved since then. And how much do they adjust? What is the adjustment to the adjustment that comes in the second quarter or halftime? Like all of that stuff, the coaching complexity with the big playability and the star power, all of that is just incredibly exciting. Like that's what you're getting today. And for the Bills, it's remarkable that they've gotten to this point. And for the Chiefs, the weird here's the weird thing about the Chiefs is... They're playing this game in the conference championship. They're one win away from getting to the Super Bowl. It feels like they haven't played their best football in a while, right? Like, does this feel like the juggernaut of the Chiefs of what you expect? Not necessarily. Like, the Chiefs have been pretty good, you know? But it's not like 50 points a week good which is what you feel like they're capable of. That's, that's not what they've done. But they do look really good enough or dangerous enough that, hey, if the Bills get up and it's halftime and they're up, you know, 27 to 10, you still feel like the Chiefs are going to win the game because they're just that dangerous. This whole premise that,
2: you know, we have to worry about the Chiefs because they aren't winning by 50 is, like, really bothersome to me. Okay. It's just so dumb. Like, this team is 14 and 1. In the regular season, and had Patrick Mahomes not gotten you know bitten by the toe bug and you know the unfortunate concussion, I mean the Chiefs were dominating the game in every in every sense of the word before that happened. I mean, am I was I watching a different football game? I mean, I don't think so.
1: I mean, well, I was off last week and I had a couple of beers, so I was I was observing. Like it more people were talking about the week. game
2: being over in the second quarter. I mean, I was I was seeing that that was going on that was happening. So. The fact that, like, oh, the Chiefs haven't been covering enough. Is this really a thing that, like, people really use to analyze how a way, how the, a football team is playing? Oh, there are, they are winning by 30, so let's, you know, let's see if we can knock them down a peg or two. I mean, the name of the game is winning the football game, right? Well, yeah, at the, it's, at the end it's of the day. winning the football So game. if you win they, the they game know, by— They played down their competition at the end of the have, season. They have, but again, Vince, how many of the games do they lose? Well yeah, no, I get that. They lost one. Like when they when they played the Panthers and the Panthers hung with them till the end. Did they lose the game? No. No. <laughs> when they when they scored 28 points against the Dolphins in like 3 minutes and they hung on to beat them at the end of the game. I mean, were we watching the same football game where they basically scored four touchdowns in 10 minutes of play? Yeah. I mean, what are we talking
0: about?
1: It's well, the most ridiculous thing in the world. Well, record only means so much as well, right? Because that's the thing. Like, we talked about the Steelers all year, and they were 11-0, and 0 and wow, look but at the Steelers. But we all knew the were, Steelers were a
2: fake 11-0. and an 0.
1: Well, yeah, we knew they were a fake 11-0 and 0 because of the quality of the play, the way they win the games. And that's but the But this thing. is still
2: Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. This is still the best offense in football by a mile, and it's not even close.
1: No, it's, uh, it's it's not that it's not even close. I mean, one, all these teams are top five offenses, I believe. So,
2: but— in terms of sheer, offense. in terms of sheer talent and weapons on the field, who would you rather have?
1: Oh well, I'd rather have the Chiefs' of offense. Of course, but the you Bills would. Everybody can put up
2: a lot of points. Beasley's not playing. Okay, Gabriel Davis is probably not playing. Like these are guys that you know they have to elevate Kenny Stills for the game. Kenny Stills has caught how many passes a Buffalo Bill? That'd be zero. I mean, I get that you know Allen and Diggs have been a nice combination. They're not Mahomes and Tyree Hill. They're not Mahomes and. Take your pick, Kelsey. They're they're not them.
1: No, they're not them. But but Allen's been great, and that team can't like they. they, This is not
2: taking away anything from this is not taking anything away from Josh Allen. I'm not trying to take anything away. Like he deserves to get MVP votes. That's fine. That's all great. I mean, there's nothing wrong with saying you're not better than the best team in football.
1: (laughs) I don't expect them to win the game, but I real like I can really see the Bills winning this one. I can like the Chiefs have just been they've been. If your good.
2: argument to me is man the Chiefs really played down to the competition in the last you know six weeks of the season, yeah. I'm not buying that as an argument. Like if you want to give me like the Chiefs, you know uh, we don't know about Patrick Mahomes' health in the game, I'll take that as well, a better. That is a big I'll deal. take that as a better argument than I don't like how the Chiefs played against the Panthers a month ago, or I don't like how the Chiefs played against the Dolphins a month ago. A better argument is Patrick Mahomes might not be fully healthy. Well, that's, that's a better argument.
1: That's a better argument, but it doesn't mean the argument's illegitimate. I mean, the quality of football you play at the end of the season is going to matter. So, like, yeah, I mean, they had a good game last week, but the Bills are a really good team. And so you just, they can't be flat-footed this week. Like, you you, you don't want to see them afford opportunities to the Bills early.
2: That's all it is. They boat-raced the Browns in the first half of the game. Can we agree? And th- this is, I know the Browns aren't the Bills – people were talking about the Browns game being over in the first half of the game. They thought the game was over. And then Patrick Mahomes had the unfortunate injury, and then, you know, the Browns stuck around in the game. That's the only reason they did.
1: Yeah, and they, they blew it late, by the way. I mean, really, the Browns blew it late. They had some opportunities there, and they they, they were so slow. Why were they so slow moving the ball down the field? I, I don't get that. Anyway, uh, 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show, 855-212-4227. I'm Vince Quinty here on CBS Sports Radio, and we'll be right back.